This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. Shall we begin? Today's a training day, Officer Hoyt. Show you around, give you a taste of the business, you know? I got 38 cases pending trial, 63 in active investigation, another 250 on the log I can't clear. You don't like narcotics? Get the f*** out of my car, go back to the office, get a nice desk job, you know? Chasing bad checks or something, you hear me? I hear you. Okay. Why do you want to be a narc? I want to um, serve my community by ridding it of dangerous drugs. Right, right. Well, why do you want to be a narc? <laughs> <laughs> I want to make detective. There you go. You can do it. Stick with me. You can do it. I will do anything you want me to do. My nigga. <laughs> BFM 89.9. You are listening to Popcorn Culture with Arvin and Shamila. And today, because we're talking about Equalizer 3 tomorrow, starring Denzel Washington, we thought, why not throw back to another Denzel slash Antoine Fuqua pairing in Training Day from 2001? It sounds like we planned this super perfectly and I think we would have loved to preserve the illusion that that's how we work. But no, actually, we might have forgotten that Equalizer <laughs> 3 was directed by Antoine Fuqua. We just thought that a Denzel throwback would be cool. And um, we have never talked about Training Day, actually. Um, and then as it so happened, both Arvind and I texted each other after Equalizer 3 to go, hey, perfect double bill, am I right? <laughs> Um, yeah. But, you know, it's, I found it quite interesting to kind of go back right to the beginning because this was the very first mm. Foucault-Washington um, uh, pair up. And to see how that's evolved and to see how, um, in a way, that, that partnership has done so many different things over the years. Uh, but that undertone of uh, violence, of grittiness, of seeming to actually know how to shoot Denzel Washington in probably one of the most perfect ways on screen. Um I also have a com- uh, confession to make that I've never watched Training Day fully before. Um, I have watched it in pieces and in various iterations when it shows up on TV. But this is the first time I've watched it from beginning to end. And I loved it. It's such a great crime thriller. So this is a confession that we made to each other, like just <laughs> before we started the show, that I had also I also thought that I had seen Training Day, but I've seen so much of the movie, bits and pieces, and on, on Astro, uh, maybe on streaming, I don't know, that I thought I'd seen the movie, but I, this is also my first time watching it in full. And it is a, it is a landmark Denzel Washington movie, right? Like, I mean, if someone is unfamiliar with Denzel's work, um, and I don't see how that is possible in our generation, but for future generations, like, you could easily recommend this movie as a gateway. Um, this Man on Fire, Malcolm X, that would make like a good three-way entry point into Denzel Washington's very complex and very diverse list of movies. But if if you had to pick one, I think his his performance here is so iconic and such a powerhouse performance that you cannot go wrong by recommending someone Training Day as a Denzel Washington movie or the movie for his career. So iconic that even if you don't watch the movie, you think of it as iconic and remember it, apparently. Everyone knows the King Kong line. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Well, I guess we should 
for what it's worth, summarize the movie, right? Um, yeah. I, I don't want to give a lot away because a lot of the joy of the movie has to do with um, discovering what the plot is going to unveil to you. But essentially, uh, Denzel Washington plays Alonzo Harris, who is a veteran uh, narcotics department cop in Los Angeles. And the training day that he puts in place is for Jake Hoyt, played by Ethan Hawke. And so he takes him along on a ride along into one of the most uh, sort of problematic crime ridden neighborhoods in Los Angeles. And Hoyt is, I suppose, sort of auditioning to be part of Alonzo's team. Yeah, and that's about it. And then things start to slowly blur and unravel, unravel yeah. as, as, as the movie goes along. Um, so this is my big question, right? After watching the movie, is Alonzo Harris, who's an iconic character and extremely quotable, and he's become like an archetype for future characters, like even if people don't recognize it or people don't know it, right? My question is like, are you supposed to like the guy um, or is he one of the most insufferable characters that you've seen on screen? Because to me, he he was insufferable within the first 10 seconds of showing up. Uh, and, and in a good way, like, you, you know, it, it is a powerhouse performance. But I don't know if that was the intent of the movie because we have like shifting views on what's quote-unquote cool, right? Um, and I'm wondering if what was cool in 2001 is just Facebook bad boy in 2023, <laughs> you know? Okay, so I immediately thought, oh gosh, this is such a toxic, toxic character. Um, mm. You know, and you're right, within the first five minutes, right, his behavior towards Hoyt, um, things that he says. But the genius of Denzel's performance is that you keep questioning which is the veneer, right? Is he putting on this veneer of being this toxic, um, you know, uh, sort of smack-talking cop because that's what the job demands? Um, is he, in fact, underneath someone with principles and with a heart? Because he, when he lets that through, it feels so real that you start questioning your previous judgment of him. Um, yeah. So for most of the movie, I kept veering back and forth. I found him insufferable in large parts in, in that great way, like great bad characters that you love to hate kind of characters. Uh, but when he lets through the perhaps human, who knows, maybe underneath, then you're like, oh, OK, I get why you're like this. Like the job has made you this way. You used to be like Hoyt. And then mm. this is what happened. And uh, that shift that he plays with is just genius. Which is why I feel, right, that this movie completely collapses without Denzel Washington. Um, like, you need someone that's so charismatic and so magnetic and is able to play that that balance and to strike that balance, that if it wasn't for him, what is this movie actually? Because it takes a while to get started. Um, it takes a while for the plot to get, to get going. Um, and most of it is just you watching someone who you cannot take your eyes off of trying to decide if this person is a good person or bad person, if you like them, if you don't like them, what they're up to, what they're not up to, and if this is just a boring training day with a very arrogant, cocky, loudmouth sort of character. Um, and, and that's basically the plot, right? Like most of it is just that, like you deciding for yourself if you like this person or not. And that only happens with an actor like Denzel Washington. You know, I was actually quite surprised at how slow the movie was. Again, as mm. someone who in my head had a highlights reel version of the movie, um, watching it, it's not long, it's two hours, just under two hours, I think. But it feels 
slow. Like it, it takes its time. Um, there are huge moments of, of um, stillness, just two people sitting around waiting for something to happen, um, which surprised me because like if you have the highlights really in your head, that's not what you think this movie is. Um, but you're right that without a Denzel um, sort of carrying through that pace, I don't know whether this movie would have held up as much. Um, there are a lot of very depressing scenes. There are a lot of scenes where you keep thinking something is going to happen and then nothing kind of does, right? A lot of it's just his sort of brashness uh, taking mm. up the space of... Yeah, actually, now that I'm talking about it or saying out loud, it's almost like the violence in the movie only exists because you see it in his in his demeanor most of the time. Uh, because even when there is violence, it's it's more understated than you would think. Yeah, and and I think like halfway through the movie, that became one of my favorite things about how it takes its time to set the scenery, set the vibe of the town. Um, it's like Grand Theft Auto, but live version, like with Jake and Alonzo, <laughs> and they're basically just cruising around town um, for the better half of the movie, right? like beating up meth addicts and, and chasing oh Snoop Dogg. There's a, there's a cut of that movie nobody would have thought of. Just like two buds, like cruising <laughs> around town. <laughs> one very violent, yes. one not so much, you know. <laughs> uh, meeting up with Macy Gray for some reason, you know, <laughs> don't know why she was there. Um, oh my gosh, that was Macy Gray. <laughs> no wonder she Macy looks Gray. so familiar. Okay, so Snoop I recognized. Yeah. And I was like, Snoop, what are you doing in this film? But that was Macy Gray. I should have recognized the voice. Mm -hmm. They play a Dr. Dre and, and Snoop Dogg song in the opening of the movie. And then Dr. Dre and Snoop Dogg are in the movie. So... I don't know, we talk about Deadpool and, and Multiverse of Madness stuff. This is really meta, like very, very meta. Um, but, I, but I think it, it's really important like, to understand the neighborhoods and get a vibe of the town, the people. Also understand why a character like Alonzo thrives in this setting, you know, how, how it made him who he is. Um, there's so much world building. And, and I think you can draw like maps to see how you can get from one point to the other point just by watching the movie. Oh, world building is actually a great way to describe this film because you're right. I think it's we haven't even gotten to to Jake Hoyt, uh, which which I'm sure we will. Um, but the way the movie creates the world for you, this world of a, a uh, yes, crime ridden, but also deeply underprivileged neighborhood in Los Angeles, what it might take to be able to just stroll through the streets of this place um, and therefore who these people are, what their very complex relationship with someone like an Alonzo would be. Um, it's great. The, you feel like you're walking the streets there with them. So we are talking about Training Day from 2001 because we're going to be reviewing Equalizer 3 tomorrow. Um, this movie is, of course, directed by Antoine Fuqua. It stars Denzel Washington and Ethan Hawke. Have you seen it? Uh, are you planning on revisiting it? Did you like it? You can WhatsApp us on 018-789-8899. You can also find us on social media on X and Instagram at BFM Radio or write to us at movies at bfm.my. Baba from Malacca. BFM. 89.9, The Business Station. Oh, you mother <laughs> All right. You think you can do this to me? You mother will be playing basketball in Pelican Bay when I get finished with you. Shoe program, I'm the man up in this piece. You'll never see the light of day. Who the you think you with? I'm the police. I run here. You just live here. Yeah, that's right. You better walk away. Go and walk away, because I'm going to burn this motherfucker down. King Kong ain't got on me.
BFM 89.9. You are listening to Popcorn Culture with Arvind and Sharmila. And we are throwing back to Training Day from 2001, directed by Antoine Fuqua, starring Denzel Washington, Ethan Hawke, Snoop Dogg, Dr. Dre, Eva Mendes, <laughs> Macy Gray, for some reason. A lot of people in this movie. Um, let's talk about the performances. Uh, I, I know we've spoken about Denzel Washington already, but Ethan Hawke also, I think, gets overlooked a lot for his performance in this movie. And, and both of them together do such, such, such powerful stuff. Actually, Ethan Hawke gets overlooked a lot for what he's brought to many different movies. Uh, Training Day made me think about that, right? Because like, who remembers who the other guy in Training Day is, you know? Yeah. It's just like, oh, some white cop who went along. But actually, Ethan Hawke does such a fine, fine job in Training Day. Like, right from the beginning, he's actually your point of view character. Um, and just... His evolution from being this hopeful, I want to change the world person over the course of a day, um, perhaps not quite broken, but deeply changed by the end of the film. Um, I think he carried that journey so well. The show, the movie also requires him to be very physical, right? Um, and I think the the juxtaposition between the way he uh, embodies what being a cop, quote-unquote, means versus Denzel's much more showy sort of uh, body language. Um, I thought it worked so well. So I was also thinking, like, I don't know if something like this would happen today with actors as big as Denzel Washington mm. and Ethan Hawke because both of them were in their prime. Um, Ethan Hawke was doing a lot in 2001 as well. Not as much as the late 90s, but a lot in 2001. And he sort of plays, not second fiddle, but he plays a person who is overshadowed by Alonzo Harris in the movie, right? Um, but the way he plays it, like he's so meek and awkward, uh, he's a bit timid, uh, the, the shyness, like you can feel his physical discomfort in some scenes, like he doesn't like doing certain things. And I think like it's so relatable because everyone knows what it's like to be new to something, to be next to someone who's so good in that field, uh, the, the eagerness to please, but also that conflict. It, it's, it's so good what he does. But Yala, I mean, just going back to what we said before the break, that performance by Ethan Hawke also doesn't work if you don't have someone like a Denzel Washington being so confident in, in, in himself, to a point where I think it's the confidence in, in the things that he says that you start questioning yourself. Like, like, am I wrong? Like, is this the, is he the good guy? Or am I the, am, is my moral compass skewed? Like, is his view of the world, in fact, the logical, practical one, right? Yeah. Um, actually, it's also really interesting because... The movie's from 2021, so it's more than 20 years old at this... Uh, sorry, the movie's from 2001, so mm. it's more than 20 years old at this point. It's a very different Denzel that we have on screen now, isn't it? Because um, yeah. having also just watched Equalizer 3, and the thing I watched Denzel the most recently in was actually Macbeth. Um, and of course, we all know Denzel has the mainstream action star side and the Oscar-winning, deep, sort of uh, depth kind of actor. The fences, Denzel. Yeah, yeah, of course. So... <laughs> Um, I do think, though, it's interesting how even in something like an equaliser, right, he's become a lot more contained and a lot more elegant in a particular way. I think some of it has to do with age. Uh, some of it has to do maybe with a with a demeanour that he has started bringing. But this kind of unhinged Denzel, the one we just heard on the clip earlier, um, I mean, it's it's a brilliant scene 
but I have forgotten lah. And actually, like watching watching this again was such a treat, primarily to remember. Um, basically, it's the Denzel in the early parts of Malcolm X, right? The kind of like yeah. like swag and the the just the the kind of that smile that he flashes, and it's so much fun watching him. Actually, you know, like we've spoken so much about Denzel Washington using this as a landmark movie and Ethan Hawke, of course, um, uh, Antoine Fuqua. But it's also such a big resume entry for David Ayer, who's sort of fallen off the the wagon Mm. a bit after Suicide Squad and and people know him from the DC universe and, and from the Snyderverse. But he's done so many good, gritty, violent action movies. And this was, I think, one of his biggest ones that you tend to forget that someone like David Ayer is even capable of doing something like this. And this is what he's actually good at. Not the superhero stuff, not you know, writing Suicide Squad movies, but this is what he should be doing. Right? He's had some hits after. I, I don't know if anything is as big as Training Day or not. Oh, that's a really good point. Um, it frankly, this movie made me miss these sorts of stories being mm. big headline things that you go to the cinema to watch, right? Because the notion of a a crime thriller is this even a crime thriller? I started wondering at a certain point because sometimes mm. it just seems more like a a character exploration or a drama than a crime thriller because they're not necessarily solving anything. Um, it's so. So it's a it's actually a very complex movie and I feel like films like these don't really make it to our large screens anymore. Um, they would become a straight to streaming, um, which is such yeah. a pity, right? Because as you said, um, someone like a David Ayer who uh, went on to try and do something that's maybe much more mainstream because that's what you get on the big screens now. Um, but actually, this is where this is where he excels. Um, I think this is kind of what he tried to do with Suicide Squad and didn't work. Studio interference yes. and, and all that stuff. Um, which is why I also think like there's been talk of uh, a training day prequel for a while now. Um, I think they wanted to make like an Alonzo Harris prequel story. Um, and the reason it's not taking off is because of Denzel Washington. Like, of course, he can't do it. I hope, I hope. No that face they don't, CG. No, please, yes, I cannot. don't de-age him and make him <laughs> weird and, and try to make him to perform the same way. That would be so weird. Well, but you know um, who exists, who shares genes with Denzel Washington? It is also a Washington. And is also a Washington. I also, yeah. to be fair, I don't want to see that also. Not because I don't mm. like John David, but I don't like him being too closely associated with Denzel. I don't think a prequel would work. La. Not not today. No, I don't think so. Also, I, I think you need that perfect pairing. Like you need the Antoine Fuqua to be on board and then you need the David Ayer. Um, and, and what story would that be? Like you need another Ethan Hawke. Because otherwise, then the conflict is not there, right? If you put someone who's like uh, Alonzo in the car with Alonzo, then there's no story. It's like a five, ten minute thing. Like, okay, let's do this. Thumbs up. Let's go. Um, Which is why I don't think, I don't know, like maybe a series or something. But I honestly don't want to see a Training Day prequel. Also because so many other shows have done the Training Day thing without calling themselves Training Day. Well... So I have a question for you, right? Um, he says multiple times in the movie, Alonzo, I mean, you remind me of myself when I was new. Um, so he says that to Jake Hoyt a lot. Um, by the end of the movie, did you believe him? I guess my question is, did you believe who Alonzo has been telling people he is? Did he change or was he always lying about himself? Uh, I believed him. Okay. I think. So I think he was testing 
but I kind of believe like, because he has that sort of like, I've been hurt before face or, you know, that I've been hurt before sort of mannerism, um, which I think is such a good character, right? It makes you question your own beliefs. Like we've all had these thoughts, like is, is the, you know, what is wrong with the justice system? Like, is it too slow? Criminals don't fear the system. Uh, it benefits the wrong people. It forgives the worst people. And this movie sort of asks you to question that faith. Like, you know, do you have faith in society and the system or, or do you want to do what Alonzo is doing? Who believes in stuff like, you know, uh, street justice and, and, you know, dishing out violence whenever he wants to. But I don't know. I I believe his backstory. I think he's more interesting, more interesting than he's letting on. And I think there's more to him that we don't actually see in the movie. No, exactly. Right. Um, I also think that he's more interesting than he seems. Um, mm. That There's a lot that happens in the space of the film that often makes you wonder, what got you here? Um, what yeah. happened that you became like this? Even the thing that they keep talking about, Vegas, they keep referring to something that happened in Vegas. You're kind of like, that sounds like such a simplistic version of what might have actually gone down, right? Um, what happened that led to the events of this one day. And kind of the beauty of Training Day is that you never really find out. You just hear it through people's accounts. You know what happened? To protect the sheep, you must become a wolf. And no, to fight the wolf, you must become a wolf to protect the, the sheep. sheep. Yes. Are the we sheep. going to both howl now? No, I don't think we're wolves. No, I don't. this is what I meant by Facebook, uh, Facebook <laughs> bad boy and Facebook quotes like this. Like Alonzo Harris is easily in the same bracket as uh, uh, John Hamm in Mad Men. <laughs> when Don Ethan Hawke, when Jake Hoyt started howling, <laughs> yeah. I just thought to myself, oh, my God, in another film, this is just a bad high school bully movie. Yes, yes, it's so bad. And he looks so awkward doing it. And he's what? Like when he talks about wolf and sheep or whatever yeah. he was going on about, he's like, what? What are you on about? Um would you recommend this movie to anyone at any time? Oh, definitely. Because I, would. I would definitely recommend it. It's um, I, I feel sad that this is my first proper watch of it. Yeah, yeah, I would also. And, and I would recommend to anyone who hasn't seen the Equalizer movies. Like, go watch this mm. and then go watch the, the Equalizer movies. But yeah, we've been talking about Training Day from 2001, directed by Antoine Fuqua, starring Denzel Washington, Ethan Hawke, and like I said, Snoop Dogg, Dr. Dre, Eva Mendes, Macy Gray. Um, have you seen it? Tell us what you thought about the movie. Uh, 018-789-8899 on WhatsApp. You can also find us on social media on X and Instagram at BFM Radio. Or you can write to us at movies at bfm.my. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.